Chapter 3. How to Love the One You're With Perfection is not a thing. Honey, I want to try this at-home workout program called P90X, and I think we should do it together. I'm sorry, what did you say? It was the summer of 2009. We had a two-year-old and a four-month-old, and my husband had heard about this crazy workout program while he was on deployment the previous spring. He said, yeah, I saw guys doing these workouts on the ship, and they were getting into really good shape. So he pulled up the infomercial for me, and we watched the thing together. (laughs) My thoughts were, um, no. Hard pass. Have fun with that. So he got the program for himself, and he did workout day number one on his own. Of course, he says to me, this is amazing. I really think we'd be great if we would do it together. Well, he must have missed his calling as a salesman because he ended up talking me into it. That program was a beast. We committed to show up every morning for 90 days before the kids got up, and we did the workouts the best we could. I vividly remember thinking I would be sore for the rest of my literal life. The main thing that intrigued me about the program was the before and after pictures. I mean, wow, I still had plenty of baby weight to lose, and I was impressed by the transformations of the people on the promo materials. But after we finished the 90 days, I didn't feel like I was, you know, done. I mean, I had a lot more weight to lose, so I kept going, and we did another program. And another And over time, a funny thing happened on my way to my after picture. I never got there. Don't get me wrong, I took the pictures. But no matter how I looked, it was never enough. I kept wondering, when do I arrive? When do I get to say I made it? And it took me a long time to learn that the after picture is a mirage. And I'm not even talking about Photoshop that can create a picture of someone that looks perfect in the picture that's not even what they actually look like. What I mean is... Perfection is not a thing. If I said to you, you need to strive to be 10 feet tall. 10 feet tall is the definition of beauty and success for you. What would you think? (laughs) A client of mine put it beautifully when she laughed and she said, I honestly would take no personal responsibility for that because that's not something the human body does. Striving for perfection or the after picture is like asking yourself to be 10 feet tall. There will always be something you can find that's wrong with you if you're looking for it. Your toes are too big, your ears are too small, and we're not even going to talk about your tummy or your thighs or your hips. Perfection is not something that is actually attainable, which means striving for it is an effort in futility. I remember the day I first realized this and I was like, oh my gosh, this is freedom. If you can release yourself from striving for something that is impossible What a relief it is to be imperfect. You will always be imperfect, gloriously, uniquely, fabulously imperfect. What a gift it is to release yourself from the tyranny of striving for whatever your definition of perfection is. Now, this isn't about ignoring your flaws or pretending they aren't there. Rather, embrace them as friends, as gifts, as part of the uniqueness that is you. The Japanese understand this concept of admiring and delighting in that which is beautifully imperfect. And the phrase they use is wabi-sabi, which by the way, is a really fun thing to say, but it means to appreciate beauty that is imperfect, impermanent, and incomplete in nature. There are so many things in nature that catch our eye because they are unusual and imperfect in some way, like a piece of driftwood on the beach or a flower with a petal at a different angle. Your body 
will always be wonderfully and beautifully imperfect. Whatever you're looking for in life, you'll find it. Perfectionist thinking says, I have to be winning at weight loss every minute of the day, or I might as well just give up. I have to eat perfectly or I blew it. That's like saying you'd rather get a zero on the test than a B minus. What kind of logic is that? How is losing 10 pounds instead of 15 pounds a failure? How is taking better care of yourself, even a little bit, a failure? I've seen women lose 10 pounds but feel miserable because they're not losing weight fast enough. That thinking leads to frustration. So they give up and they end up gaining 20 pounds. Let's say you were trying to learn how to play a specific song on the piano. How many times do you think you'd practice it? A lot, right? What would you do when you hit the wrong key? What story would you tell yourself about that little slip up? Would it be evidence that you'll never figure out how to play this song? Or would that be information telling you how to improve? Weight loss is the same way. Striving for perfection leads to the bottom of a tub of ice cream. Embracing imperfection leads to learning, progress, and improvement over time. Letting go of perfection allows you to make mistakes. It allows you to learn and grow. Letting go of perfection is essential to your success. Be willing to be imperfect. Now you might be thinking, but wait, what's the difference between wanting to get healthy and feel good and like the way you look versus perfectionism? So healthy striving is asking yourself, how can I improve? When you're worried, what will they think? You're focusing on perfection. Looking for approval and validation outside of yourself leads to perfectionism. Perfectionism self-talk sounds like, I hate my clothes. I'm fat. I'm undisciplined. I have no willpower. I need to lose weight in order to accept myself. Healthy striving self-talk sounds like, I want to feel healthy and be able to play with my kids. The scale doesn't tell me how I feel, nor does it determine my worth. I want to figure this out so I can show up as my best self and be fully authentic. I'm worth it. Quote, the thing that is really hard and really amazing is giving up on being perfect and beginning the work of becoming yourself. Anna Quinlan. How to have your happy and lose weight too. But how can you possibly practice feeling happy in your body when you haven't lost the weight yet and you're still trapped in a body that isn't perfect, thinner, or better? Some folks feel like appreciating their body is a nice to have, but you know, kind of fluffy. You might be thinking, sure, there are ways I can appreciate my body now, but what I really actually want is to lose weight. I want my clothes to fit. So all this talk about body appreciation is nice, but it's not going to help me lose weight. How can you appreciate your body and want to change it at the same time? It can feel like those two thoughts are juxtaposed to each other. Either I can love my body and be happy with it as it is, which I'm not, Or I can want to lose weight and feel motivated to change. Actually, I'd like to suggest that there's a way to hold both of those ideas in your head at the same time, and they can both be true at the same time. It's possible because of something called states and stages. So a state is how you feel at any moment, like happy, sad, nervous, etc. A stage is a measurement of growth or progress. It's like development over time. For example, Let's say you're sitting there, you know, listening to this book, and I said, I want you to think of something that makes you feel really happy. You might be able to think of a person or a circumstance that makes you feel happy, or maybe like recall a happy memory, maybe even smile or, you know, kind of feel a warm glow as you're thinking about those things. Or let's say I told you to imagine something that makes you feel scared. You might be able to imagine standing on the edge of a cliff with no railing. Go ahead. Imagine that now. 
Often you feel this tingle in your palms as they start to sweat. My hands are doing that right now. If that happened, you were able to have a physical reaction to a thought and a feeling in your mind while nothing changed in your external world. So your state is an internal feeling and it's something you can change based on what you choose to focus your thoughts on. It can change from moment to moment, no matter where you are or what you're doing. So next, let's look at stages. Same thing, still sitting there listening to this book. Imagine I asked you to become a world-class tennis player. Is that something you can do or become like right now in this moment listening to this book? Yeah, not so much. You would need to progress through the stages of beginner tennis player to intermediate and advanced, etc. You would need to grow into a world-class tennis player over time. Okay, so this makes sense. That's great. But how does this apply to weight loss? You can choose to cultivate an emotional and mental state of love and appreciation for your body at the same time as wanting to progress to a different stage of weight loss. You can want to change your body and marvel at the miracle it is at the same time. In fact, I'd say that the only way to create sustainable lifelong change is to proactively spend time feeling good about your body while you're losing weight. One of my clients articulated this beautifully when he said this, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. You're responsible for the light. I expected a treasure chest of gold and a crowd cheering kind of moment when I lost the weight, but it's not at all like that. It's easing into a place where you ask yourself, why don't I just choose to be happy? If you never practice feeling good about your body, you can lose the weight, but you still find the flaws because that's all you've ever trained your brain to look for. If you want to make lasting change that sticks, you've got to practice feeling the way you want to feel now as you're practicing the tangible skills that allow your body to be at its ideal weight. The two go hand in hand. Your mind and your body are the only things that will always be with you. Not your house, not your job, not your clothes. So taking time to invest in your relationship with yourself and your body is the best return on investment you can ever make. Stairway to heaven. Just like practicing a sport or learning to play an instrument, appreciating yourself is a practice, not a one-time check off the box on your to-do list or something with a finish line. Have you ever received a compliment and found it hard to believe it or let it sink in? Your partner can tell you all day long how gorgeous you are, but if you don't believe it in your mind, then it won't matter. You have to change your thought process. It doesn't matter if you change your body and you don't change your mind. We get to choose where we focus our attention. There will always be things about your body to focus on that are not perfect. And there will always be things about your body that are miraculous. Those two can be true at the same time you get to choose which one you focus on. If you're looking for reasons why weight loss is hard or ways in which your body is imperfect, that is what your brain will find. If you're looking for reasons why your body is a miraculous organism that is a vehicle through which you get to experience this amazing life, then that is what your brain will find. Decide what you want to look for because you'll find it. Confidence is not magical, it's learned. By shifting the way you think, you can shift everything. It's okay if you have to remind yourself constantly to be patient with the process, embrace that. In fact, remind yourself on purpose, write a sticky note, put the reminder on your phone. Remember, the primitive part of your brain is always scanning for what's wrong. 
That means that left to its own devices, your brain will default towards negative thinking. So if you're going to have a positive, helpful thought, you're going to need to do it on purpose. Just like you do reps with weights to get your muscles stronger, you can do reps with your brain to make positive thoughts stronger. Now you may be thinking, okay, that kind of makes sense, but this sounds a little bit too much like that airy-fairy affirmation stuff. Believe me, I've tried affirmations and discarded them because you can't put whipped cream on a pile of poop and call it ice cream. Sometimes when you're having negative thoughts about yourself, it can be tough to just turn it around and think the opposite. Your brain won't believe it. Looking in the mirror and telling yourself you're beautiful when you don't believe it feels frustrating and pointless. Instead, focus on tiny baby step thoughts or stair step thoughts. Imagine thoughts are on a set of stairs from negative at the bottom to positive at the top. Instead of trying to jump from the bottom step to the top step, you can move up gradually by taking the stairs one step at a time. For example, if your thought is, I hate my body, you can't just tell yourself, I love my body, because your internal BS meter will know you don't believe it. Instead, you can try a more neutral thought like, I have a body, because that feels less bad than the negative thought, and it feels true. For example, you can take the thought, I hate my thighs, and turn it to neutral by choosing the thought, I have thighs, or from none of my clothes fit to I have clothes that I put on my body. The key is that the neutral thought feels true. So it raises the vibration of how you're feeling about yourself without triggering your BS meter. Coupled with stair step thoughts, here are two other strategies to try to add to those stair step thoughts. Number one, use the word but. The word but basically negates everything that was said before it. Imagine how not so great it would feel if your partner says, I love you, but basically whatever they say next negates the sentiment of I love you. You can use that in the opposite direction when you'd like to negate something less pleasant. So for example, I don't like the way I look in that picture, but I have made a lot of progress lately. Or I wish I hadn't eaten that cookie, but I am learning my triggers and I'm making progress no matter how small all the time. Number two, the second thing you can use in addition to stereotype thoughts is the sentence, I'm open to the idea that. So if you have an affirmation that you'd like to believe about yourself, but you don't yet, you can use the phrase, I'm open to the idea that. So for example, if you want to see yourself as strong and confident, but you don't see yourself that way yet, you can try saying, I'm open to the idea that one day I can grow into the version of me that feels strong and confident. Stair-step thoughts help you focus on where you're going rather than where you are or where you've been. Seems impossible? Let's explore. Your body is a miracle in so many ways. Without your body, you would not be able to see the glory of a sunset, hug a loved one, hear the laughter of a child, feel the warmth of the sun on your shoulders, smell the sweetness of the grass after the rain. All of your senses are a gateway to experience the beauty of this world, and you get to experience that because of your body. Your body is intelligent. For example, there are more neurons in the gut than in the brain. That's where the saying, a gut feeling, comes from. If you have children, your body knew how to create an entirely new human from just two cells coming together. Your body can heal itself when there's a cut or an injury without any instruction from you. 
Your body keeps you alive while you sleep. It protects you from infection. It warns you of danger. So how about this? Try completing this sentence. I appreciate X about my body because of ABC. So here's some examples. I appreciate my hair because it's always been shiny and long and I like that about my hair. Or I appreciate my feet because even though they hurt sometimes, they get me where I want to go and they give me freedom to experience this world that I would not have without my feet. Or try this one. I appreciate my arms because they allow me to hug my family and feel the softness of my dog's fur. And those are some things that I really love to experience in this life. So what are some of the things that you love? Coffee? Going to the beach? Music? How can you tap into all your senses, not just what you see in the mirror? Think of the smell of coffee and the warmth of the mug in your hands. Imagine the feel of the sand between your toes or the cool water of the ocean. Feel the beat of the music and how it moves you. Your body and all your senses are what bring those amazing things to you. You and your body are going to be together for a long time. What if you could create a partnership with your body that allows you to work together instead of fighting against each other? How can you look in the mirror this week and look for what's right about you? Quote, we only get to be in these bodies for a limited time. Why not celebrate the journey instead of just writing it out until it's over? Jen Sincero. By the way, if you're interested in a body appreciation meditation, please go to confidentbody.coach slash book for some extra resources. So here are some ideas for how to make a measurable goal around practicing gratitude for your body. Each day, choose one body part and find something you appreciate about it. For example, I appreciate my eyes because they allow me to see my partner smile. Or think of one thing you got to do today because of your body. For example, I heard my kids laughing today. I appreciate that. My body allows me to hear those beautiful sounds. Or whenever you eat, take a minute to notice that your body automatically sifts through the nutrients in that food and keeps the good stuff and gets rid of the rest. Or if you're hot and your body sweats, even if you hate sweating, this is an opportunity to feel grateful for your body's internal temperature regulation system that keeps you alive. Quote, I finally realized that being grateful to my body was the key to giving more love to myself. Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> 